The schedule, the job, the kids. Take some time just for you. It's Sunday mornings with Dee Daniels on B101.5, powered by Mary Washington Healthcare, one of D.C.'s best hospitals that isn't in D.C. It's in Fredericksburg, Mary Washington Hospital, here for you. And now, Dee Daniels. Good Sunday morning and welcome to the show, the show that is all about you and your life and your world. Every single Sunday, we have fantastic guests here on the show and a big thanks to our sponsor, Mary Washington Healthcare. And this week, no different. I'm joined by Carrie Norris and Jackie Kabuchi with Rappahannock Area Community Services Board. And Carrie and Jackie, thanks for being on the show. Welcome. It's uh, it's great to have you here this week. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're very excited. Now, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do over at Rappahannock Area Community Services Board. Uh, Carrie, why don't you start and tell us what you do? Okay. Um, I'm the Emergency Services Coordinator for the Rappahannock Area CSB, and I've been with the agency for about 10 years and definitely been involved in emergency services, so crisis work for the length of the 10 years that I've been here. And Jackie, what do you do? I'm the Director of Clinical Services, so I oversee our emergency services along with our outpatient um, programs, our case management services, services for children, um, and, and our uh, services at the jail. Well, it's uh, it's wonderful that you all are so available to our community um, all the time, but especially during this time in, in this year of the pandemic that we are having. I mean, we've done a lot of shows here uh, based around facts and figures and science and numbers and uh, school issues and all of that. And, and just as important um, that we want to have a conversation about our mental health and how we can support that. So it is great that you guys are so available to our community. Now, I want to kind of get into this conversation. You know, I know everybody responds to stress during something like this that we've had going on all year um, so differently. Everyone responds differently depending on their background. I'm sure that you all are are dealing with this a lot more because of the pandemic. People really trying to find ways to cope with this. Is that right? Yeah, we've definitely um, seen an increase in the need for services in our community. Um, We've seen a lot of people reaching out for help with, um, you know, anxiety or depression or other, you know, mood issues, some that that have that pre-COVID and some, you know, that's just a result of kind of everything going on in the world kind of compounded together. Um, So, yeah, we've definitely seen a need for, for mental health services. Interestingly, in emergency services, initially when everything kind of hit, beginning of March, there's actually quite a bit of a lull in our assessments and the volume of people we were seeing in crisis. And I think a lot of our work, we see people primarily out of the emergency departments. And I believe that everyone was very much taking this very seriously quarantining. And so we weren't seeing a lot of people in the beginning. And then as this has kind of dragged on probably longer than anyone truly anticipated at first, We've seen a huge spike now in numbers, you know, hitting record numbers last month, even in the amount of people we assessed in crisis. Well, it's so true. And and I wonder if you guys agree, you know, I felt like, obviously, you're absolutely right. All of us thought this this has to be done sooner than now. Um, and, and I think, you know, you had this initial reaction back in March and, and April, and, and you had this whole initial thought process that was like, okay, I can stay at home, I can do a lockdown, I can be quarantining, you know, with my family and my loved ones for a short period of time. But then when you're realizing that we're going to have to do some portion of that for a longer period of time, then I think panic sort of sets in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. We were reflecting before 
before this that I initially in March, I have two small children and I was very like sensitive to that and, you know, very much kind of panicky and had to be really mindful of the impact that after a while when I started hearing my five-year-old constantly refer to, is it because of the sickness, mama? And I was like, oh dear, I need to be really aware of what I'm saying and how I'm saying it and kind of strike a balance for how we are going to manage this long term because... Yeah, at this point, I'd say it's not going away, and we're definitely still trying to figure out how to navigate that. And I think that's why we've seen the increase in services, too, is because people are really starting to kind of reach limits in what they feel like they can tolerate and their distress levels. Yeah, and I think, you know, everybody has different levels of support in their life, and so I think people may be kind of tapped out, too, on their own, um, you know, social supports, and, and it's not like there's other people not dealing with this that can support us, right, because we're all kind of in this together, and so, um, you know, needing to reach out sometimes for professional help when um, either you don't have enough support or, you know, all of our supports are kind of um, are struggling with things, too, at the same time. Yes, that's so very true. We're talking to Carrie Norris and Jackie Kabuchi with Rappahannock Area Community Services Board. You you bring up a good point about, you know, making sure you're getting the help and reaching out when you need the help. I, I know a lot of people are very concerned and have been very concerned and continue to be about, you know, can how can I reach out for help? Maybe they've never gone to a therapist. Maybe they've never said, you know, look, this is too much for me to handle by myself. I need some sort of professional support. That can be a really big bridge for some people to cross. What What do you suggest how, how people can maybe walk across that bridge, especially during this time and how important that is? Yeah, and I think, you know, keeping in mind that, um, you know, our mental health is just as important as our, you know, physical health and that there's, um, I know there can be a lot of stigma about, you know, admitting that we might want some um, behavioral health um, assistance, um, but knowing that, you know, we see thousands and thousands of people right here in our community, um, and so that, you know, that's that's something that's, that's a great thing to do to take that step and to reach out. Um, you know, there's uh, one thing people can do is if they have medical insurance is to, you know, reach out to their um, insurance provider for a list of a list of resources. Um, we also have, um, you know, providers in, in all of it. We have a clinic in King George, Caroline, Spotsylvania, Stafford, and here in the city of Fredericksburg um, where we can uh, take referrals and see, and see people. Um, we start with a, you know, intake assessment to kind of get the story of the person and see what's going on and then, you know, determine what they need from there as far as outpatient therapy individually or groups or, you know, seeing a psychiatrist for medications. Um, and we also, um, in Carrie's program, have a you know 24-hour emergency services number people can call, um, and that's something too. If you're kind of not sure what level of treatment or where to start, or just need someone to kind of talk to to process, do I need professional help? Um, you know, they're available 24 hours a day too to to talk and kind of sort through um, what the next best step is. Um, and Carrie, maybe you want to give that number too. Yeah, and so like Jackie said, our 24-hour number during office hours, it rings on all of our phones and after hours, just so people are aware, you do reach an answering service and they take a message and then dispatch it out to whoever's working and we always make it a priority to call back as soon as possible within a very short amount of time to touch base with someone if they are wondering what do I need to do or if they're worried about a loved one and they're wondering what do I need to do for my loved one, we're kind of like the triage system to figure out what the next level of care is. And there's lots of options. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if you have this happening that you have to go to a hospital or you have to be admitted somewhere or 
if you, you know, are limited in that way. You, you definitely have, there's a huge range of options and services that we provide that don't always necessarily go to an extreme. And our goal is always to find the best fit for someone to make sure that they don't experience any kind of escalation in symptoms that would lead them to needing a higher level of care because we want to get people on the front end versus on the back end. Oh, that totally makes sense. I really like the way that you put that with, with you guys being like a triage system that that I feel like is is kind of really attractive wording to a lot of people because sometimes you just need to be able to call someone and say, can you help me assess this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get calls like that. I mean, that's probably a bulk of our calls throughout the day that come in are people asking, I need this service. I need this. This is what I've got going on. This is what my loved one has going on. What can we do next? And we always try and do a warm handoff if it's a referral to have an intake to start services with us. Or if we feel like that person's in more immediate need, then we might ask to be able to see them in the moment and make an assessment to be able to determine what what needs to happen next for that person. And you brought up a, a very good important point about, you know, how many different services you guys have available, which I think is fantastic. And I would invite everyone to uh, to check you out at Rappahannock Area Community Services Board uh, online to be able to see all of those services. It, you know, so many different levels of uh, concern, especially during this year of, of the pandemic. But, you know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, our elderly loved ones and those who are, um, you know, m- a little more isolated. And I'm sure that's that's been a, an area of concern, too, as far as the, the mental health um, support going on for our seniors. We've definitely treated people here at the CSB probably from the age of three in our children's crisis program up to like in their 90s if that's you know the what they need and we see the entire range of life and certainly I do feel like that population we have seen an increased number of cases for our seniors in our area that have been in crisis at least and I'm not sure on the outpatient side if you've seen an increase but it's definitely been impactful for, like you said, a population that was already experiencing some degree of isolation due to either limited transportation if they're elderly or things like that. And so I know that it's there is no age limit for mental health needs. If you need help, we are definitely here to help anyone of any age. Yeah, and for, you know, for populations like our, our elderly neighbors who might be, um, you know, more at risk for, for COVID and also more concerned about leaving the house, Um, We are providing all of the majority of our services right now through telehealth. And so, you know, if someone's able to get that individual, um, you know, a a laptop or a a smartphone to use, you know, we can can provide the service right in their house so they don't have to leave and and expose themselves to, to COVID. But also if someone isn't able to do that, we're able to bring them into our offices. Um, but, but definitely it's a good time, you know, to be checking in on people who are elderly and people who are isolated. Um, and, and, you know, to get creative on ways to kind of socially engage with them um, because it is, it is hard and they're going on, you know, they may be going on five months now from, um, you know, kind of separating themselves from other family members or, you know, trying to be safe and healthy and um, that takes a big toll on people. Yeah, and I'm curious, you know, I would imagine you guys in dealing with a lot of our our senior uh, category here that you guys are probably, you know, doing this for the first time. This telehealth with a lot of people are doing this for the first time. This is a whole different world to be able to do it in that direction. Yeah, it's definitely been new and uh, we did it fast. I think we went from in person to 
um, online within a three-day time frame back right. in March, so it was fast and furious, but, um, you know, in some ways it's engaged more people because we have a lot of clients who, you know, before may have had some difficulty with transportation or we have people who have anxiety about leaving their house, and so they were able to engage um, and um, some people just felt more comfortable kind of delving more into their um, their issues in the comfort of their home. Um, certainly on the flip side, there's been other people that it hasn't been good for, and we've worked on getting those people, you know, into the office whenever possible. Um, but it has opened up kind of some, some good new, you know, new, um, new options for us too. Uh, but definitely we have a learning process for us and a learning process for, you know, the individuals that we're serving here too. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a learning process uh, in just about every industry. I'll tell you that I'm, right. I'm I'm doing it too. So it's just it's very interesting doing all of this. But really having available services like mental health support uh, via telehealth so important. And I'm so glad it is available. Leave your pain behind, one step at a time. When it comes to your orthopedic care, you can have peace of mind knowing you will receive expert care with Mary Washington Orthopedics. In affiliation with FOA, our highly skilled physicians and staff bring five-star knowledge to you and your family with convenient locations in Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania, and Stafford. We are here for you to treat an array of orthopedic conditions, from injuries to knee and hip replacements. Our care extends well beyond the surgical repair of an orthopedic condition. Our goal is to help you return to normal daily activities as quickly as possible. Virtual visits are now available. Visit practices.mwhc.com for more information. To make an appointment with an orthopedic physician, call 540-372-4221. Or to make a physical therapy appointment, call 540-479-4764. Now back to Sunday mornings with D. Daniels on B101.5. Terry Norris and Jackie Kabuchi with Rappahannock Area Community Services Board, my guests this week on the Sunday show. I want to switch gears a little bit um, and talk a little bit about, kind of dive in a little deeper here about uh, dealing with this stress around the pandemic and a lot of people uh, turning to alcohol and drug use. And, you know, that has been something that I know a lot of people are struggling with and maybe they had, um, they had a problem with that before, but... this time period to deal with isolation and social distancing and being away from people or maybe having to work at home or loss of job or whatever the case, fill in the blank. A lot of people are trying to fill those gaps and deal with that stress uh, with substance. uh, And that's that's a very difficult thing to do. What what are you suggesting people do uh, when they know they're having a problem and they are, are not knowing how to get out of that kind of spiral? We definitely receive in emergency services a significant number of calls for people, and we always have in over the years for people that are seeking services due to substance use and wanting to get help with that. We have an amazing team of substance abuse case managers, and we've been really fortunate as an agency to still, even with the telehealth, not only the individual sessions, but being able to engage people in substance use groups. And I know that was a huge push for Jackie and our other coordinators in the clinical division in the beginning to get groups back up and running because group treatment is so significantly impactful for people with substance use disorders. And so it's been really interesting to see how the clinicians have really taken that in stride and just continue to maintain group services for people that are struggling with that. 
And, you know, just like we talked earlier with stigma for mental health, substance use disorders, we treat them exactly the same as someone who comes in with depression, anxiety, schizophrenia. It doesn't matter to us here. Um, everyone's in the same playing field as far as what's going on in their life and wanting to get better and improve their life no matter what it is. So we definitely encourage people to still call because there are still options for even people using substances. And I'm sure, Jack, you can elaborate. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, um, kind of a good reminder for all of us that, you know, alcohol is not the best coping skill or, you know, other substances. Um, and I think, you know, anybody on social media kind of might see a lot of memes right now where it's like, well, how many bottles of wine am I going to need to get through this Zoom <laughs> right. call? Or how many bottles of wine am I need to get my kids through mm-hmm. school? Um, and keeping in mind that those kind of posts can be really triggering for people. We've definitely heard from our, um, you know, our clients in our substance abuse program that that's a lot to kind of, um, you know, see that everybody's talking about that being a coping skill. Um, but definitely, you know, there may be people who've been home and kind of, you know, started using alcohol or other substances and um, realize it's gotten a little bit out of hand and definitely, you know, to, to reach out and um, let us know if that's something that we can help kind of help, help them figure out how to rein back in. Um, like Carrie said, we do have substance use services. We have um, groups online right now. We also have peer dropping groups um, that you can access through our, our website where um, we have pe- uh, certified peer specialists who can um, who run these groups that are uh, supportive for individuals using substances. And we also have um, lots of opioid treatment programs. Uh, we have a medication-assisted program with Suboxone, too. Um, you know, if anybody's struggling with opioid use or, or has a family member that is, um, they can reach out to us for that program, too. It, it's it's it's, I think, a pretty well-known fact, even in our uh, region, which is unfortunate, that the uh, the opioid crisis has, has gone up, you know, regarding this pandemic time, which is, one, expected, understandable that these things happen and, and that we are all under this, this umbrella of fear, really, and how, you know, how to deal with it all. But, two, it's so important that even, like, family members of someone dealing with this, they know how to get to a support system and and you guys have such a big support system how do people get in touch with you that are concerned maybe about a loved one that that they want to pass along some information and kind of start that process yeah, they can um, they can definitely call our emergency services line if they're kind of not sure where to go. Um, they can also call the each of our clinics directly in their you know in the area where they live to set up that initial um, intake therapy appointment um, to have that assessment determine um, next steps. Um, and after that initial assessment, you know that's when they could refer them to to different types of um, treatment, including our um, our MAP program. And we also uh, assess people for for detox. Um, and for residential substance abuse treatment as well. And when we're talking about, you know, some of these uh, groups and these peer groups, you know, I, I think that's so important because sometimes that can seem a little less intimidating. Absolutely. And they're also people who have lived experience. Um, and so they're able to share um, you know, their own history of, of substance use and how they overcame that, um, which can be really inspiring for, for people to hear, too. And you were you were talking earlier about um, kind of everybody on the same uh, on the same playing field on the same level. You know, when everybody comes in to say, "Look, you know, we're all kind of in this together, no matter what the situation is." Talk a little bit about. Uh, I know a lot of people who are dealing with uh, some some mental health issues that they've had prior to all of this happening, whether it be uh, depression, anxiety, bipolar, anything like that. This time period has got to be just 
so, so dramatic and so rough uh, for someone who was dealing with a lot of that prior to the pandemic. I'm sure you're seeing people that are like, okay, I'm double time having some issues here. Yeah, I know certainly for emergency services, and I'm sure it's consistent with outpatient, we've, you know, some of the main symptoms of depression are things like uh, sleeping more than you usually do or not sleeping as well, you know, your appetite being disturbed in some way and maybe eating more, eating less, you're isolating. And right now it's, you know, it's really hard coupled with the the COVID issues. Is that's almost, we're telling people to isolate. We're telling people that, you know, people that are unfortunately out of work right now or having other circumstances that maybe are sleeping more than usual or not able to sleep because their anxiety is increasing. And we're adding in an extremely anxious producing element of your physical safety being in danger, um, potentially. And so for the people that have historical diagnoses of like, like you said, depression, anxiety, bipolar, really any mental health issues, um, this is definitely an escalating time. And, and it's definitely really important to reach out and check on people that you know that have those previous issues with those types of things, because they definitely are in a more increased state for potentially entering a crisis than just the average person who's dealing with all of the normal stress and pressure that's COVID added to, you know, all of our lives, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, it's just, it's amplified, you know, during this time um, uh, for someone who's been dealing with that sort of thing, you know, even before this started. Uh, I've made a suggestion to people and, and to myself, and I'm sure you guys have done the same uh, when working with individuals. Uh, it's really hard to take in all the news all the time. I mean, do you, you know, do you make that suggestion as well to like maybe, you know, don't take it in every day and and let it consume you? I think we make that, we were just talking, Jackie and I, we make that suggestion to ourselves in the beginning, you know, to be mindful again of what people are hearing and the impact it has on our mental health and our families. And yeah, for sure, we're telling people, to be, I know in the beginning, every day, a lot of people were checking the Virginia Department of Health for those statistics every day, refresh, refresh, refresh. I was one of those people, yeah. so I can personally account for what that's like. And I realized, you know, and we talked about this as well, that you have to be able to control, you have to only be able to focus on what you can control right now. And unfortunately, those rising statistics was totally out of my control, and it definitely was not positively contributing to my day-to-day -day life and well-being. So I had to be mindful of, okay, as soon as I started to have an anxious thought about COVID or safety and just in general work, finances, all the stress that people are experiencing right now, as soon as I had that anxiety-based thought, my next thought needed to be, is this something I personally have control over? And a lot of the times I was discovering, no, this is not something I have control over. And that's what we encourage clients. And that's always what we've encouraged clients to do even before COVID is, you know, controlling the things you have control over and being mindful of what you don't have control over and not allowing that to completely consume you. Yeah, as best I, you can. Easier said than done. Right. I, I still check sometimes. <laughs> no doubt about it. I, I had to do the same thing for myself. I mean, I had to really set a filter for how much time I was spending uh, with the news and how much time I was, you know, taking in. Even if it was on in the background, it was still going in. Yeah. I, um, Definitely trying to, to limit our exposure to the news and, um, you know, and there's just so much worry about, we, none of us know kind of where this is going to go yeah. or, or, you know, what's going to happen or if we might get sick or a family member gets sick. And so, you know, I think reassuring ourselves to, you know, to, to be smart and do the best that we can as far as, um, 
you know, wearing a mask and trying to keep um, distance from people um, when possible and, um, you know, washing our hands and not touching our face. So keeping all those smart things in mind, but also kind of, um, you know, doing the best we can to let go of the things we don't have, we don't have control over. Um, and, you know, watching the media, you'll see there's lots of different opinions. And so um, just keeping in mind that we can't always control the behaviors of other people. Um, and so we have to focus on, you know, our own behavior and, and what um, we have control over. I think helps is, is what's helping kind of some of our clients with anxiety the most. We're talking to Carrie Norris and Jackie Kabuchi from Rappahannock Area Community Services Board. And I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of taking in different information, you know, taking in the news so much and things we can't control and, and how overwhelming that is. But I, I, you guys have so, uh, a lot of great resources available on your website. I really do enjoy looking at that. And you've got uh, a lot of different departments, but you also have so many, um, so many great resources people can go to even, even when you just start reading some of the available articles and things that you have um, on your website. I think that just doing that a- alone, that already sort of puts you in a little bit better of a space. I, you know, I invite people to kind of go check that out. Do you want to tell everybody where they they can find some of those resources? Our, well, first off, I'd say one of the best, like we talked about earlier in, in earlier in our session, is the emergency services crisis number because some people have limited access to Internet or they may not have the ability to focus to just go and, and make those steps to do the research. That So you can call our 24-hour number, which is 540-373. 6876, and that's one instant. If you don't know which resource you need or what you're even looking for, that's a good starting point for us to help talk you through it and get you set up with the right um, next step. But in the event that you are just wanting to simply browse, and that's the first step that you're in is just simply taking in the information, I can read to you our website. It's, I would spell it out. <laughs> yeah, it's area csb.org. And that has a ton of options about all the different available programs, and it highlights different programs throughout the month, and it's definitely a really good resource. It has each of the phone numbers on the contact page. You can access the phone numbers directly for the clinic in your community, um, either be it Caroline, Fredericksburg, King George, Spotsylvania, or Stafford. We have clinics, like we said, in all five areas. Um, and you can call those clinics directly for information as well. We also have um, social media, and um, during the pandemic, some of our staff have um, made videos and kind of uh, helpful tips. Um, our prevention staff has read stories for children, and um, one of our therapists made some um, like calming uh, glitter jars. And so um, if you follow us on Facebook, too, we've been trying to post kind of some tips and information on, you know, how to stay mentally um, well during, during the pandemic as well. Yeah, I love it. I love the website. I love the Facebook page. I think it's a great resource for people. I think, uh, like I said, even just kind of looking through some of that, it, it does give you even just an initial feeling of, of hope and community, which I know uh, you guys are all about. And I think that's that's a fantastic thing. Before we end the show, I do want to ask you, you know, here we are in the, in the midst of uh, getting back to school. And uh, a lot of people are very, very concerned about that. Do you have suggestions as far as like parents dealing with a lot of this uh, crisis of school uh, and a new a new way for a lot of people this year, you know, going virtually and um, it's such a it's such a heavy burden I know for the teachers.
teachers and for the staff to be making these kinds of decisions. But then I'm thinking about the parents, too, who are going to be at home more with their little angels um, and, you know, kind of dealing with this whole new way of life. Do you have some uh, advice for people dealing with that level of stress during this? Ironically, you're talking to two parents in addition to two spouses of teachers. So we (laughs) are on both ends of the spectrum, and and it is patience would be my biggest piece of advice because we are definitely all in this together. I know the teachers were thrown into, you know, transforming education overnight. Literally, it felt like overnight. And I know that the parents are also being thrown into an extreme stress added in of how is my child going to access this education? How is this going to impact them? How is this going to impact me and my ability to still work and, and maintain things in my household? And I, you know, I, I don't have the answers for what's going to make this easier because it's such an uncharted territory. But I know, again, just being patient with each other, patient with, you know, everyone because it's just such a, it's, it's just such a hard time. And I know that everyone is making their best effort, parents, teachers, um, you know, again, we we see our spouses going through this, and it's it's a really hard time for everyone. Yeah, and I think, too, like, um, think about um, for parents how you're presenting it to your children and kind of not just directly, but what they're hearing in the background yeah. as far as, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just so tough. Like, it's so tough for everybody to be figuring out how they're going to manage this um, when school starts next week for at some schools. So, um, but also, you know, giving the kids a minute to kind of talk about how are they feeling about it. Um, and then, um, you know, and, and, and to, we don't have to be, you know, total Pollyanna about it, but admit, you know, let them have a minute to talk about what's bad about it. But then maybe try and find some good at it in it. You know, maybe kids get to spend some more time with grandma or maybe, you know, parents are getting a little more time with their kids or um, our freshman in high school last night, we were talking about, well, you get to sleep in a little bit because it's not going to start till eight where you would have right. to get up really early to be on the bus, you know, to find some positive to it um, and to try and find as much, you know, structure and, and new routine as, as we can um, so that it does start to feel a little bit like the new normal until we go back to, um, you know, a little bit more towards how things used to be. It's so true. I love how you put that. And I think I absolutely agree. If there's anything we can uh, turn into something positive, it will make us all feel better, no matter uh, what position you're in coming into this uh, new way of life or new school year, at least for a little while. Um, so yeah, my uh, my thoughts going out to the teachers, the spouses of the teachers, the parents, the children, um, all of the above. Uh, you know, we've got we've got two kids that are in college, and they are doing it you know, a whole different way this year and one that didn't get to have high school graduation. And, you know, it's just been um, a disappointing year for a lot of people, but finding some positive and finding some community and support uh, really seems to be um, the light here at the end of the tunnel that hopefully all of us can can go towards. Rappahannock area CSB.org is the website and the phone number. Make sure I, I'm going to get it right here. Ladies, 540-373-68 Seven, six. Yes, that's our 24-hour crisis number. And on the website, you can also find all the five different clinic phone numbers as well for each clinic. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Carrie Norris and Jackie Kabuchi with Rappahannock Area Community Services Board. I invite you to check out the website, to check out their Facebook. So many great resources. And it's so wonderful to know that you all are here, available in our community for all of us who need the support, need the community, because, you know, this has been a crazy, crazy year. And we just continue to uh, look to our our community for support. I mean, that's all we can do is sort of uh, bind together and 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 really lean on each other. Absolutely, this is uncharted territory for us all, and we're really appreciative that you took the time to sort of highlight us because hopefully some people will hear this and reach out who who are definitely needing the help right now. Carrie Norris and Jackie Kabuchi with Rappahannock Area Community Services Board, ladies, thank you so much. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Your emails are always welcome. If you have questions or comments about today's show or an idea for a future program, email D, that's D-E-E, at B1015.com. Sunday Mornings with D is powered by Mary Washington Healthcare, one of D.C.'s best hospitals that isn't in D.C. It's in Fredericksburg, Mary Washington Hospital, here for you. The thoughts, comments, statements, and opinions of the host and guest are their own, and not necessarily those of Centennial Broadcasting, B101.5, or Station Management. Thanks for listening to Sunday Mornings with D. Daniels on B101.5. Leave your pain behind, one step at a time. When it comes to your orthopedic care, you can have peace of mind knowing you will receive expert care with Mary Washington Orthopedics in affiliation with FOA. Our highly skilled physicians and staff bring five-star knowledge to you and your family with convenient locations in Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania, and Stafford. We are here for you to treat an array of orthopedic conditions, from injuries to knee and hip replacements. Our care extends well beyond the surgical repair of an orthopedic condition. Our goal is to help you return to normal daily activities as quickly as possible. Virtual visits are now available. Visit practices.mwhc.com for more information. To make an appointment with an orthopedic physician, call 540-372-4221. Or to make a physical therapy appointment, call 540-479-4764.